Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother, for that song. Thank you for just doing what God calls you to do. What a blessing you are to us. Thank you so much for that. I love that song, uh, talking about standing under the rock. The Bible gives us a picture of the rock in the Old Testament as the nation of Israel was coming out of bondage in Egypt and coming through the wilderness on their way to the promised land. They got thirsty in the middle of the desert, and it was from the rock that they got the water they needed to survive. And in the New Testament, the Bible gives us the person who is the rock, and that's none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians that He is that rock, and it's from Him we get what we need uh, to survive spiritually and physically. So we're so thankful for that uh, today. What a blessing that is. Take your Bibles, if you will, please, and turn with me to Mark chapter number 4, and I'm going to preach to you from verse 35 through the end of the chapter. Today, I want to entitle my message, The Master of the Wind. I'm so thankful that we have this truth in God's Word concerning who Jesus is. How many of you believe this morning that He is the Master of the Wind? that the sea and the storm still obeys him. Mark chapter 4 uh, tells us that plainly. Let's read that together, starting in verse number 35, and we'll read through verse number 41. Listen to what the Bible says. And the same day when the even was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, and they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships, and there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose, and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, what manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Let's pray together. Father, again, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for your many blessings. Thank you, Lord, for the truth of your word. I'm thankful this morning you are the master of the wind. I'm thankful, Lord, you can say peace be still to a troubled heart. I'm thankful that you can say peace be still to the storm we're in. I'm thankful that you have power over all things. And, Lord, you are able again, to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And Lord, we're asking you to do that this morning. We're asking you to do that in the hearts and lives of the people that are hearing this message. Do your work that only you are capable of. And for these things, we're going to praise you. Lord, I am nothing. I can do nothing without you. We can never be effective. So we're asking now, Holy Spirit, that you would move me out of the way. Fill me up. Pour me out and use me to speak truth to people's lives. That makes a difference. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've heard it said that for human beings, we're either headed into the storm, we're in the midst of a storm, or we're just coming out of a storm. And I certainly believe that to be true. As long as we live in a fallen creation, an imperfect world, we're going to go through the storms of life, each and every one of us, individually and collectively. Now that's not because God doesn't love us, that's simply because we live in a sinful world, and as long as there's an imperfect world full of imperfect people, uh, there's certainly going to be storms that we are going to face. Now that's true whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, a, Christian, a believer or an unbeliever, all of us are going to face the storms of life. I heard a story once upon a time about two birds, or excuse me, two painters uh, that, was, uh, that was painting and doing a contest on who could paint 
the best picture of peace. And so one of the, uh, uh, one of the painters, he painted a calm water with the sunset going down behind it. Man, it looked peaceful and it was very calming to look at. And then another painter painted the picture of a storm. And in the storm he had darkened clouds and he had the lightning striking and he had the wind blowing and the sea raging. And right out in the middle of the sea there was two rocks. And in the middle of those two rocks was a little bird. And he painted the bird singing. Now I want to tell you something. That's a perfect picture of peace. True peace, peace that God gives, is peace where God's calm and tranquility overcome your concerns. And I'm going to be honest with you folks, every one of us this morning are concerned. Would you agree with that? Uh, certainly we are, and we should be. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. But just because you're concerned, that doesn't mean that the peace of God can't Rule and reign in your heart. And we're going to see this morning, right here in Mark chapter 4, how the master of the wind either calms the sea or calms the storm in us. Our community, our nation, and our world is in the middle of a crisis. It's in the middle of a storm. We all know that the coronavirus, uh, this pandemic that has got its grips on the world right now, has infected over 140 countries. Uh, over 13,000 people so far have died from the virus. And so it's a very serious thing. And, and we ought to take it seriously. There's no doubt about that. Um, and so we find ourselves in the midst of a storm. We find ourselves in our community in a storm. In our nation, we're in a storm. Uh, listen, in this world, we're in a storm. Individually, we're in a storm. And so I can't think of a better passage of Scripture to relay the message that God has for us than how Jesus, the master of the wind, deals with the storm. Now, first thing that I want you to see, and I've got uh, four main points this morning. The first thing we need to notice in Mark chapter 4 and verse number 35 is the purpose of the storm. Look what the Bible says. And the same day when the even was come, he, meaning Jesus, said unto them, meaning the disciples, let us pass over unto the other side. Let me tell you what we believe about Jesus and why we believe it. We believe Jesus to be God incarnate in the flesh. If you believe that, say amen. We believe he was God. We believe he is God. We believe he will always be God. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. The book of Revelation says that he's the Alpha and he's the Omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. See, he didn't just become God when he was born in a manger in Bethlehem. He's always been God even before the beginning. He's the Word made flesh. He's the one, folks, that spoke the world into existence according to John 1 verses... And, and verse number one. And so we need to understand and know Jesus is God. So if we believe that according to Scripture, then we must believe He knew the storm was coming. Now why do we believe that Jesus was God? Well, let me tell you what we have right here on the pages of Scripture in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We have eyewitness testimony of Jesus doing things that only God can do. We see on the pages of Scripture Jesus raising up dead men like Lazarus in John chapter number 11. We see Jesus speaking and healing blinded eyes. We see Jesus, listen, calming the sea. We have already read that right here in Mark chapter 4. We see him walking on water. We see him speaking to the tree and causing it to wither. See, these are things that only God can do. So we believe Jesus to be God. Why do we believe it? Because of the eyewitness testimony that we have on the pages of Scripture. Jesus 
is God. Now then, if we believe that, we must also believe he knew the storm was coming before he told him to get in the boat. Amen? we we got to believe that. See, now listen to me, folks. This morning, I want you to know, I'm not ready to say that Jesus sent the storm, but if we believe he's God and he is sovereign, we must believe he allowed the storm. Now, where, where we find ourselves at this morning is in the midst of a storm. So if, they had, if, if they, there was a purpose for what was going on in the storm in Mark chapter 4, I believe there is a purpose that's going on in our storm today. And we've got to find what that is. See, when we look through the pages of Scripture, we see that God uses storms for many different things. Two ways that He uses the storm is for correction and direction. Sometimes God will use a storm to correct an individual or a people back to the center of His will. And so we always need to remember that. You say, Brother, where do you get that? I get that from the book of Jonah. You all remember the story. The Bible says in Jonah chapter 1, we'll start in verse number 1, read through verse number 4, that Jonah was called by God as a prophet to go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. That's really what he was called to do. He was called to go, to tell, go and tell the people to repent and trust in the one true living God. What Jonah say? God, I'm not going to do it. I don't want to go to Nineveh. I don't even like the Ninevites. And so I know if I go and preach, you're going to save them, and I don't want them saved. And so what did Jonah do? He went the exact opposite direction that God told him to go. God told him to go to Nineveh, and Jonah got on a boat going to Tarshish, the Bible says, in the complete opposite direction. Look what happens. Jonah chapter 1, verse number 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee from Tarshish, from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish, so he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Now watch verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. So what do we see here? We see when Jonah chose to disobey God and get outside of God's will, God sent a storm of correction to bring him back to the center of his perfect will. Now, I still believe God uses storms to do that very thing. When storms arise in our life individually, I think we need to ask ourselves, God, is there something you're trying to tell me in this? Is there something you want to correct in me so that I can be in the center of your will? As a man, when storms enter my life, that's the first thing I do as a believer. I say, God, is there something in my life that I failed you in? Are you trying to show me something you want to correct in me and with me? As a father, man, when things go wrong uh, in my relationship to my kids, I ask myself, God, are you trying to correct me in a certain area? What are you trying to show me in this? As a husband, God, can you show me where you're trying to correct me? In every area of my life, I think we can have storms of correction that God allows to get us back into the center of his will. That's certainly true individually. But I absolutely believe it's true collectively. You said, Brother, what do you mean collectively? I'm talking about as a nation. I don't think it's any accident we're going through what we're going through right now. 
Again, if we believe God's sovereign, we believe He's still on the throne. How many believe that this morning? How many believe He's still the same today as He was yesterday? How many of you know this pandemic did not catch Him by surprise? How many of you know everything that happens to the believer has to come across the desk of our Heavenly Father before it gets to us? He may not cause it, but He certainly allows it if He's sovereign. And we believe He is according to Scripture. And so why has this pandemic come to our shore? Why are we dealing with the thing? I think it could be a storm of correction. Let me tell you why I say that. We live in the most blessed nation in the history of the world. We have the highest standard of living of anybody ever in recorded history. Now let me tell you why I believe that's true. I believe that's true because, listen, America was founded upon the truth of God's precious word. It truly was. Now, when we founded this nation upon the truth of what God says, based upon law and order and fairness and justice, when we chose to do that, I believe God chose to bless us. Now what I believe has happened over time because of the sinfulness of man, we who have been blessed by God have turned our back on God. I believe if God doesn't judge us, He has to apologize to a lot of people we did judge. If God doesn't correct us, He has to apologize to a lot of people He did correct. Now listen to me. When we as a nation choose to do things that displease God who is holy, He has every right because He is holy, because He is just, because He is perfect, and because He is omnipotent, He's all-powerful. He has the right to correct our behavior. He's in control. Amen? I never thought I'd see the day where we live, would live in a nation where we say it's okay for a man to marry a man and a woman to marry a woman. Folks, listen to me. That's not what God says. That's not His definition of marriage. And his definition of marriage is the only one that matters because he created marriage. Amen? I never thought I would see the time when we would abort 66 million babies in this country since 1974 and call it a choice and not a child. I never thought I would see the time when the church would become so apathetic that 85% of evangelical Christian churches are in decline or stagnant and not growing. What I'm saying is, maybe this storm that has entered our life is a storm of correction. Maybe this storm is God uh, shouting loud and clear with His big megaphone. I love C.S. Lewis. C.S. Lewis says that pain and suffering is God's megaphone that, so that He might reach a deaf world. 
It seems as though we've turned a deaf ear to God and we're doing our own thing and going our own way. And whatever feels good to man, we say do it. And God still has a standard. Maybe God is saying through this storm, I'm still here. I'm still God. I'm still in control. Maybe he's saying that. But now let me tell you something else about this righteous, holy, just God. He's also a loving, gracious God. <laughs> Woo! I don't know about you, but that blesses my soul. I don't know about you, but that does something for me because I need God's grace. I need God's mercy. I need God's love. And you do too. We all do. No matter where you are, where you've been, or what you're doing. We all need God's grace. And the truth is God's grace is available. God promised his people in the Old Testament, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their sin, I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Maybe we need to take a look at this storm, the purpose in it, and be corrected from a loving God, a holy God, a just God. Oh, listen, if you'll repent, He'll hear you. If you'll get it right, He'll make it right. If you'll trust Him. We need to see the purpose of the storm. One of those is correction, but how many of you know, sometimes God sends storms of direction. Now, what do you say? What do you mean a storm of direction? I think that's what this storm was in Mark chapter number four. I think this was God directing his people to a truth about himself. Mark chapter number four, verse number 35, the Bible says, Jesus said, let us, meaning him and his disciples, pass over to the other side. Then after all that takes place, and we'll look at it more in depth in a moment, in verse number 41, listen what the disciples said about Jesus. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? See, what happened because of this storm was these men were directed to the truth of who Jesus is. What He alone can do. Amen? And so He directed them to a truth about Himself that they had not realized. Now you got to remember something. These men were in the center of God's will. They were doing exactly what the Lord told them to. He said, let us pass over, and they got into the boat. These were the men who were closest to Jesus and followed him for three and a half years in his earthly ministry. These were not men who were wayward. These were men who were following closely to the Lord. So in this storm, he's trying to direct them to a truth that they didn't already understand. And I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me, child of God. Everybody hear me plainly. We need to understand this. We need to know God is still God. And we can trust Him. We need to understand, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. Nobody does. But I know who holds tomorrow. And we can trust Him. What manner of man can speak to the sea and it obey Him? I love that. 
Storms of correction, storms of direction. God has a purpose for storms. Not only I want you to see the purpose of the storm, but I want you to see the people in the midst of the storm. Again, the Bible says in verse number 36, And when they had sent the multitude away, they, meaning the disciples, took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships, and there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. See, this is the question we've got to answer if we're going to get a hold of this point, the people in the storm. What do you do when your boat gets full? We've got to ask ourselves that. Because guess what? There's going to be some things in your life that's too big for you to fix. There's, there's going to be some problems that arise that, listen, is far outside of your power to overcome. It is. We're in the middle of one right now. No matter what we do, we can't overcome this. Now, we can help along the situation, and we certainly want to try and do that, but it, ta it will take the power of God to overcome what's happening in our world right now. It really will. So we must ask ourselves, as people in the midst of the storm, what do we do when the boat gets full? I had to ask myself that question about 1130 last night. Me and uh, brother in Christ, brother Randy, we went yesterday to the turkey woods and practiced some social distancing. I mean, we really practiced some social distancing. We left his house and walked for seven miles through the woods hunting turkeys. Now, out in the middle of those woods, there was pollen falling like rain. I mean, you could see it just everywhere. And I got back into the house last night, and I'm telling you, man, I had that little tickle in the back of my throat. My nose started stopping up. And about 1130, I was laying in the bed thinking, man, I've got it. <laughs> now, I know y'all been there too this week. You get that little sniffle, you get that little sneeze, and it's, it's here, I've got it, it's me. And all of a sudden, man, I'm laying there, and I'm thinking, I'll get thinking about all this stuff about 1130. I'm not as much worried about me. I know in whom I've trusted. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. Listen to me. If God chooses to use the coronavirus to take me out of here, I've still got the hope of heaven. Do you know that as a believer? Now, I'm not saying I'm wanting to go today. I remember the story that I, I told you a few weeks ago. There was a pastor up preaching in a Sunday morning service. and He was talking about heaven and how good heaven's going to be. And he said, everybody that's ready to go to heaven, raise your hand. And everybody in the house raised their hand except for one little boy sitting over in the corner. He looked over at him and he said, son, uh, or do you not want to go to heaven? And, and, and the little boy said, well, preacher, I thought you was getting up a load for this evening. No, I'm not ready to go. Now, listen, I want to live as long as God allows me to live. I want to see my kids grow up and grandkids, and I want to spend at least 60 years with my wife. Listen, I want to see what God does at Mount Zion Baptist Church through this ministry. I want to be a part of preaching the gospel across the street and around the world. There's still a lot of stuff that I want to do. But if God chooses to take me out with this, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And guess what, folks? We shouldn't just trust the Lord in times like these. We need Him when the virus ain't spreading. Because you might get hit by a car then. We're all only one heartbeat away from death at any moment. You need to always be ready. We always need Him. Not just now, but at all times. 
These people needed the Savior in the storm and we need the Savior in the storm. The same thing. Their boat got full and they began to ask some questions. Have you asked any questions in the last week? I have. I think all of us have. Verse 38 says, And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Sound familiar to you? Maybe some of us have prayed that same prayer in the last week, week and a half. Maybe like these people in the storm, the people now in the storm, are losing sight of who's in the boat with them. Listen. I want you to get a hold of this. Being a Christian is not about the absence of problems. It's about the addition of God's power to help us overcome whatever problem we face. It's about peace in the midst of the storm. I wish I could tell you that just because you're a believer that you're never going to have any trouble, trial, or tribulation. You're never going to have a storm of direction or correction. I wish I could say that, but I can't because the Bible don't say that. Matter of fact, it says right the opposite. Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world you shall have tribulation. Not might, not maybe, not it, it could happen. He says you shall. It's going to happen. You're going to have tribulation. But then he says, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Folks, we do not have to fear if you have the Lord. Concern, yes. I love Dr. Tony Evans. He said this week, it blessed my soul. He said we ought to be concerned, but you don't have to worry. As a believer, be concerned, but don't let it turn to worry. Last night in my bed, I'm telling you, I was laying up in there, and I got that little tickle in the back of my throat and got to thinking about my kids, got to thinking about my family, got to thinking about what might happen, could happen, maybe it's going to happen. And all of a sudden, worry and fear gripped my mind. Anybody else? And then I remembered. The Bible says in Hebrews, there is a rest for the people of God. I can rest in Him knowing He's got me. You can rest in Him. Amen? You say, oh, Brother Israel, I mean, listen, we, we need him now more than ever, and I don't know if we're going to make it through this. And folks, listen to me. Again, we need him when this ain't going on, and he's enough. Amen? He's enough. You can rest in him. But that's, I believe that's a choice we make many times. need to see the purpose of the storm, the people in the midst of the storm, but also I want you to see the power in the storm. Watch this. Verse 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. You know what I found out? The Lord has the power to calm the storm. 
He does. You say, well, brother, why don't, he, why don't he calm it? Why don't he, why don't he speak to the storm we're in? Well, that's his business. I love Dr. Johnny Mays. He's one of my favorite preachers, one of my favorite brothers in Christ. He's been such a great blessing to my life. And I remember him always saying, he'd always say this, I'm not in management, I'm in sales. What he does with the storm is his business. But I've come to find out, if he don't calm the storm, what he can certainly do is calm the storm in me. And he can calm the storm in you. When we learn to lean on him. And trust him. See, it's in the storm that we have to lean on him. And that's really not a bad thing. That's a good thing. You're learning something there that will be very valuable at every other time in your life. Whatever storm you're going through. Physical storms, emotional storms, relational storms, financial storms. Whatever storm. You can lean on him. You can trust him. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother. The ever-present help in a time of need. He's my fortress, fortress and my strong tower. He's the one I run to. He's Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He's Jesus, the God-man, who's done for men what men can't do for themselves. And you can lean on Him. And you can trust Him. There's purpose in the storm. There's people in the storm. There's power in the storm. But also, listen, the storm ceased. You say, brother, when's that going to happen? I don't know. Again, I'm not in management. I'm in sales. But I'll say this. I'll say this. Listen. This too shall pass. Keep believing. Keep trusting. Keep serving. Keep loving. Now more than ever, we as the body of Christ have an opportunity in the midst of our difficulty to make a difference in the lives of people. I know we've got to do what we've got to do for social distancing. I get that. I ain't going to hug nobody's neck when you leave this evening. Usually I would. I ain't going to shake your hand. I'm going to be smart and have some common sense. and I'm going to wash my hands and do what's necessary to stay away from this mess. But I'm also going to be, be there for people in the way that I can be there for people. If I can do some grocery shopping, I want to do some grocery shopping. Amen? If I can go to the, to the drugstore for someone, I want to do that. If I can pray with my kids at night who are scared, I want to do that. We should do that. This too shall pass. Keep your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the cares of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I'm going to pray for you. And we're going to give an, a time of invitation. If you need the Lord in any way, I'm telling you, he's able. He's able. It, do you know this Jesus I'm speaking of? See, I told you last week, 
For the child of God, you don't have to live in fear. You shouldn't live in fear. But if you're not a child of God, if you've not yet trusted in the Lord, I'd be scared to death. I don't know how you're sleeping. I don't know how you're making it. I don't know how you're living. Last night I was laying in that bed as a believer, and I'm telling you, I got worried and I got fearful, and I thought, man, what am I going to do? And I'm so thankful he speaks sweet peace to my soul. Peace that passeth all understanding. Jesus said, my peace I give you. Not like the world gives do I give unto you, but my peace, John 14, 27. If you don't know the Lord, you don't know peace, for he is the Prince of Peace, but you can. You can. And the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you need him today, call on him today. God may be using this storm that's in all of our lives to call people to himself. I believe that could certainly be the case. And if you need him this morning, I promise you, he's waiting with open arms. Trust him. Trust him. I just feel led to do something. You said, brother, how do you trust him? Romans chapter 10. Verses 9 and 10. The Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. What's he talking about? What's it mean to believe on Jesus? That means you're believing that Jesus paid your sin debt at the cross. He lived the perfect life and died the sacrificial death to pay for your wrongs. See, if God's truly holy, sin has to be dealt with. Sin has to be paid for. And God, because he's holy and because he loves us, chose to send his son to pay for our sin debt. I couldn't pay for sin because I'm a sinner. Jesus came here perfect, lived perfect, and then went to a cross as the perfect Lamb of God that would pay for my sin debt and your sin debt. And God said, that's enough. That payment is enough for sin. And now that sin that separates us from holy God, when we choose to place our faith in Jesus and call upon Him, the Bible says that sin that separates us is taken care of. It's washed clean by the blood. We can be made right with God the Father. So whoever you are, wherever you are, you can trust Him today. You can know Him today. If you're willing to by grace through faith, trust in Him. I want to lead you in a sinner's prayer. All of you who need the Lord, I'm asking you just to get real and right with Him this morning. And I promise you, if you get serious with the Lord, He'll get serious with you. The same Jesus who has saved me can and will save you if you'll trust Him. If you'll trust Him. So I want to ask all of us to bow our heads. If you need the Lord, I'm going to ask that you pray with me this sinner's prayer. You're not praying to me or for me. You're praying to the Lord. Asking him to do for you what you can't do. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. 
I know my sin separates me from you. I ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I trust in you for salvation. Thank you for doing what you've promised to do in Jesus' name. Amen. It's good. Now for all of you that maybe just wants to want special prayer this morning. There's men we all got heavy hearts and heavy minds today. I know we're all in the same boat. So any special needs you want to pray about today? Yes. Any others? Okay. Anyone else? Amen. Amen. That's right. Anyone else? Yes, ma'am. Any others? Pray for you, Pastor. Pray for our church. I need your prayers. My family needs your prayers. Pray for uh, um, Nathan. What was the little girl's name that passed away this week that Georgia made? Kenda Beck, she's Kenda Becca, is that right? And um, remember that family. Man, that broke my heart when I saw that. That baby girl went to be with the Lord this week, and I can't imagine what those parents are going through. Please pray for them. Anyone else? Well, listen, folks. I mean, I, I think that this morning we've done this about as good as we can do it, you know. And we're going to continue doing that. Through Wednesday night, um, is everybody good with with kind of how we got things? And we, hey, when you leave, we're not passing around the plate. We're trying to lessen contact, but also, this is just my opinion. A terrified world needs a strong, faithful church. If you don't feel comfortable being here, that's not. Hey, you do what you feel you need to do. Okay, that's why we. That's why we're putting it on Facebook Live. But we're going to continue trying to do this the best we can do it for right now. It is what it is. We are where we are, and we're going to deal with it the best we can deal with it. Okay? All right. If there's nothing else, thank you for being here. Um, let's go be the hands and feet of Christ this week. Let's speak truth and speak life and love people. Man, we need it today more than ever. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you again for loving us. Lord, I'm thankful this morning for those who are here and for those who listen uh, through the uh, internet. I'm just praying, God, that you would have your way and you would have your will in all of our lives. And Lord, that as your word goes out, it would do what it was meant to accomplish. God, we're asking today that you would protect uh, our church, our families from this dreaded virus. We don't want it. We don't need it. And God, we're praying that you keep it from us. Lord, we're asking you to do that if it be in thy will. Lord, we're praying that we would all receive what we need to receive in the midst of this storm, whether it be correction or direction. Lord, speak to us exactly what we need so that we might be better servants of you. God, may we keep our eyes on you, Lord Jesus, realizing you never leave nor forsake us. God, may we realize as your people we have hope in you. And Father, this week, I'm praying that you give us opportunity in the midst of this difficulty 
to make a difference in the hearts and lives of people that we come in contact with. Father God, we're asking now that, uh, Lord, you would uh, bless all the many prayer requests that's been mentioned uh, for those who are sick, for those who are sin sick. Uh, Lord, you know the need in every situation. You know what's going on in our world and in our country and in our jobs and in our homes and, and in everything. And um, Lord, we have to trust you. Can't fix it. But we know you're able. In Jesus' mighty name we pray and for your sake. Amen.